Welcome to Pack Talk with me, your host, Peter Vodden. This is your podcast where we talk about all things fitness, nutrition, health, and lifestyle. Welcome to the pack. Hey guys, welcome to Pack Talk with my, uh, me, your host, Pete Vodden. Um, good to be back with you guys. We had a little hiatus over the Christmas period, uh, but we're back in full effect. And I'm super excited because I'm here today with the one and only Bethany Flores, the artist formerly known as Bethany Shabon, uh, multiple CrossFit Games athlete. And uh, luckily for us, uh, one of our members at the Ferris Redondo location, uh, so I get to kind of see firsthand just how well <laughs> Bethany moves, um, how perfect everything looks when she does her movements, makes, her, <laughs> makes us all look terrible. But um, it's a real privilege to watch and a privilege to see. Bethany, welcome and thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. And first off, let me say thank you for keeping the gym open that I was training at. And it's been a, it's a privilege to be a part of something that runs really well. And I'm just appreciative that I didn't have to move gyms and I was able to train through the games and um, I'm sure the whole community is. So thank you on behalf of, um, of course. Next no, Level of course. Switching Over to Ferris. Um, for those of you guys that don't know, we actually took over an existing gym um, in um, Redondo Beach in South Bay, mm -hmm. which is, is a fantastic facility, really good CrossFit yes. gym. Um, so we were, we were fortunate that it, it came to us at the right time. Um, There's a great community there, really good community, super fun. If you haven't been to Redondo Beach, it's a great place, um, sort of beachy vibes and kind of chill, but we love it there. It's, it's an awesome facility. And uh, like, like I said, Bethany's there most days, so um, it's great to see her there. And, you know, it, it really elevates the, the place a little bit. Um, Bethany, yes, it's I my home away from home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, yeah and, exactly. and first home off, Mike, Mike the, the original owner of Next Level is what it was called, it did an amazing job with the community and just yeah. appreciate him and what he did and how sure. he formed the gym and put such nice equipment in there. Very yeah. nice equipment. So we are very appreciative of everything that Mike did uh, before yeah. you. Yeah. I mean, if he hadn't have done that, we wouldn't have taken it. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. Know? It is probably one of the nicest gyms that you'll find. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. If you guys want a super nice CrossFit gym, Come to Fast Redondo. <laughs> um, let's let's start right from the beginning, Bethany, because I know you've got a kind of interesting background in, in sports that led you into CrossFit before you became a CrossFit athlete. So let's talk a little bit about that. Like, how did you start? Where did you come from? And how did it all yeah. begin? Oh, my gosh. Um, I don't even know where to begin. Uh, I'm a baby of four. So my family is very active. We grew up, my dad just always having us do things outside of the house, just keeping us, we were, we were a wild bunch. We are um, two years apart each. So it was four of us under the age of six. God bless my mom. And yeah, we were just very wild. So my dad was like, y'all need to just do stuff constantly. I remember like memories of going on trips and stopping at gas stations. He's like, all right, everybody out of the car. We're running around the gas station. We're doing air squats. We're doing push-ups." Um, putting your feet underneath the couch at the house and let's do a thousand sit-ups together. So he always kept us very active. So I think that's where most of this came from. Um, and then I was put in gymnastics at the age of five and did that from five to about 12 years old. Um, very competitive. So I was at the gym from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. every day, went to school there to charter school. 
and it was a good time. I loved it. I loved every every second of it, and uh, it kind of just made me the person who I am. But unfortunately, with gymnasts, I feel like they either get burnt out or they have something catastrophic like an injury that takes them out completely. And my story ended with um, a really bad back injury. Um, if you look at my MRI, though, I've had plenty of MRIs. It's just bulging discs and arthritis, stuff like that. So very common things, but uh, it just it got to the point where I just had I couldn't move. There's a, a lot of doctors. I went to a series of doctors, and they didn't know what to do with me because I just couldn't get out of pain. Um, and so that kind of sent me on the journey of trying to find something that resembled gymnastics for me, um, but just couldn't for the longest time due to pain, but also just found different sports where I was just kind of like, ah, I mean, that's fun, but it's not gymnastics. Um, so I did long distance running for a really long time, which people that know me and look at my body type, I look more like a sprinter. I'm very short, sure. very stout a lot of muscle. And so when I tell people I did like half marathons and through high school, I did cross country one and two mile. They're like, are you sure you didn't do the 100 and the 200 meter dash? <laughs> and I wish was I could have, but can I just ask, was that, was yeah. that always genetic? The muscle that you have, were you always muscular? Yes, I think so. Yeah. Um, if you look at pictures of my, myself when I was younger, um, I definitely had more muscle than the most kids my age, I weighed more. I just, I looked different than most kids my age. Um, and I think I get a lot of it from my mom. My mom has very like thick legs, very muscular legs. So yeah. I am grateful for genetics. And that's what I tell people. I'm like, how, people always ask like, how do you get legs like that? And I'm like, unfortunately, I think a lot of it's genetics, but it's also, you know, you put the hard work with the genetics and then you get um, yeah, exactly. something like this. Exactly. So. I don't try to like negate all the hard work that goes into it as well. But yeah. So anyways, I did a lot of long distance running. I got into triathlons after that. Cause I was like, long distance running isn't doing it for me. Um, then triathlons, it was kind of like the same thing. Did like four over one summer. And I was like, this isn't for me. It's hard, but it's not, it's not hitting the dot. Um, yeah, and you're kind of going against your genetics. Like we just said, like, Yes. against what you've yeah. been given basically yeah 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 i i fully believe that and yeah and then i've gotten to obstacle course racing for a little bit did some tough mutters and spartan races that was a lot of fun and then finally bodybuilding and then crossfit so i think tell actually me, going against my genetics was good for me yeah. to get into crossfit yeah tell me about the bodybuilding like did you take that seriously was it like, did you do it competitively yeah. Yeah. I, oh. I did it competitively for a couple of years. Um, I don't think I had the best coaches in the world. Um, the first coach I worked with was very like old school and um, maybe your concept of what you think about with bodybuilding. That's kind of what I did, which was like very, very low calorie, tons of cardio. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it just... It was really hard. And then like all these crazy pills too, like a bunch of you had me on like all these fat burners and stuff. Yeah. I was like 18. I was like, what am I doing? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was an experience. But it also showed me with that concept that you can kind of change your genetics too. 
for at least a little bit of time because yeah. I, I was very short or not, not that you changed that part, but like I was very thick. My, I always wanted my legs to be smaller. You always want what you don't have. Yeah. Like people yeah. that have curly hair, they want straight hair. People that have straight hair, they want curly hair. People that are short, want to be tall, opposite. So I always had very thick legs. I always wanted very thin legs. And I got that, but I, it was really hard. Um, but it was just yeah. interesting to see that you you can kind of change your body. It just takes a lot of effort. Um, did you did you come out of that? You know, I, I I've spoken to a lot, of obviously, bodybuilding competitors, mm-hmm. especially women, and a lot of them come out the other side with some issues. Um, some issues. With oh yeah. Diet with food, some real. I had issues going into it. I think that's right. the whole reason I got <laughs> right. into bodybuilding. <laughs> was uh it's kind of like people that go i'm not going to put this category with everybody but i feel like um people in the the army and stuff that have ptsd it's like they probably had those issues beforehand and then everything just kind of got enhanced afterward and i would say the same issue happened with me with bodybuilding like i went into the sport with a lot of body image issues a lot of eating disorders and that's why i did it because i wanted to look a certain way and i got where I wanted to look, but, um, I was very fragile, very just yeah, it takes unhappy a toll. and it takes a toll. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's very hard. And like, you just, you just can't have a life either because you're just always focused on, um, your food and the, the lack thereof, I guess, of food. Um, so that was really tough, but I mean, it makes you really strong in your, in your yeah. mindset. Cause you have yeah. to be, you're on well, like so a thousand discipline. calories. Yeah. Yeah, it's so much yeah. discipline, especially when it comes to you know the nutritional side of things, which is the hardest bit, really, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, so for, for so definitely enhanced my eating disorder problems. <laughs> right. For people that don't know, like, um, and we'll, we'll talk about CrossFit, of course, as, as we go forward. But how did your like how does your daily routine look different from as a CrossFit athlete than it did as a bodybuilding athlete? Because people, some people just don't know the difference, like in terms of like the workout, the schedule, the discipline, the, the nutrition, like yeah. how, how did it, how did it change? Well, I think the, one of the biggest ones for me was like, I could never be a full-time athlete as a bodybuilder. So there just like, wasn't any money in there. wasn't any sponsorships. I'm, maybe it's different now, but back then it was, was that way. And so I was working full-time as I was doing this. Um, and it's just, it's very like, zone one zone two stuff like you're really not getting your heart rate up um yeah it's just a lot of monotonous stuff you're just doing tempo bodybuilding just slow and controlled and so like you like like you said you have to really have a certain type of mindset to be able to do stuff like that day in and day out on like a thousand calories a day um so yeah it's just different you're not doing like in crossfit you get so many different varieties of things that you can do in exercises like indoor outdoor stuff um swimming running um you are doing some bodybuilding at least i did i kept that concept but you're also doing olympic weightlifting you're doing gymnastics you're doing high intensity stuff you are doing zone one zone two but that's not the only thing that you're doing so right there's just way more variety and lots more variation did you find though that your your history as a bodybuilder actually helped you in the crossfit stuff especially with your accessory work and all that good shit yeah because that's i think yeah that was i think it's different now because the sport has evolved but in the beginning that was definitely something that was lacking with a lot of crossfit athletes yeah you know they didn't really understand movement activation what muscles they were actually using and everything was kind of like 
mm-hmm. a little bit more barbaric, whereas now everything's a lot more kind of structured and scientific. But um, yeah, I think yes. that would have really helped you, you know, you know, understand tension, understand time under tension, understand movement, understand activation, understand what muscles are doing, what kind of thing, and help with imbalances. Like a lot of CrossFitters mm-hmm. in the beginning, now, they all had a ton of imbalances because you know so much pressing and so much squatting mm-hmm. and like things get neglected and that was the thing with yeah. isolation movements it's like there is a place for isolation movements like it can help with, uh, balance and overcoming injuries and all this stuff and and in the beginning it was very much frowned upon it was like no this is all about compound movements this is all about functional training and stuff like that um yeah whereas because you came from a different background that probably helped you not fall into that kind of trap right yeah i mean i definitely had my imbalances um and i think in bodybuilding like i never touched a barbell before and so all the olympic weightlifting was very foreign to me even just putting a barbell on my back and squatting um yeah. very isn't that foreign. wild that's so wild yeah. like when you when you say that because like, you know i was the same before the kind of like before like 2008 um most people weren't squatting. Most people weren't using barbells. Mm-hmm. Most people weren't deadlifting. People forget this, but at that mm-hmm. point in time, most people were just using machines uh, in the gym, and that was all they were using. Mm-hmm. Yep, um, that's exactly really, that's all I did. It was really, it was really CrossFit that brought the barbell back, and then of mm-hmm. course now you see like more bodybuilders are using the barbell again, and people are deadlifting, and there's a lot more of it again. But at that point in time, it was it was it was it was, it was really was a revolution. You know, it really did mm-hmm. change things in a in a big way. Yeah, I think it empowered people too. It's empowered a lot of people. I know it has for me. So, it's yeah. like touching a barbell and, and squatting and doing the Olympic weightlifting and and even bringing that concept to just the the gen pop generation. Yeah. Um, just allowing them to touch a barbell and feel empowered with that. So I think that's been like the coolest concept of CrossFit. Right. What was your What was your introduction into the sport? How did you first kind of find your way in there? Um. Yeah, so my my ex at the time was wanted to get into it, and as a bodybuilder, I was always just like, no, I'll never do that. It's very like we were on opposite ends right. of the spectrum as far as like bodybuilders and CrossFitters were just like, no, you don't do that. Um, but he wanted to try it, and I was like, well, I kind of want to do what you're doing. So my first introduction was actually Murph, and with all the like long distance stuff that I'd done, done before, and just um, having an endurance background, I kind of just like fell in love after that. I was like, Oh, yeah. Oh, this is fun. Yeah. This is really Still the hard. Best this workout, is fun. By the way. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. It's terrible. It is terrible. Um, <laughs> rhabdo central, but yeah, so that was kind of like the beginning. And then I kind of slowly decided to try some like local competitions and, um, just realized, Oh, I kind of, I kind of like this and it felt like a good fit after gymnastics after all of these years after yeah. trying triathlons and uh bodybuilding and long distance running and stuff like that i finally felt like okay this this seems like a good fit for me but were you were you worried from the outset that like your the back injury from gymnastics would be a problem oh yeah yes yeah. um yeah i think and that's kind of why I did like the long distance running. Cause I was like the only thing I could do that didn't hurt my back, um, at the time. And so, yeah, it, it was always in the back of my mind, but I'm very hard headed <laughs> and I 
because I felt a lot of joy doing it. I felt like I was able to kind of express myself as a person through that. Um, I was like, I'm not going to let it stop me. Um, yeah. Even though it's been definitely a part of my story for, for sure. the last. We'll talk about that. Eight years in, of my cross yeah. <laughs> yeah, career. What what year was this when you when you were just doing local competitions and stuff? Um, it was like 2015, 2016. Okay, yeah, you're you're yeah. you're younger than me, so that's <laughs> that. yeah, like, yeah. Um, it's it's a long time ago. But that was kind of the peak. I mean, that was kind of the peak of CrossFit. Like I, when I look back, like that that was when things like 2013, 13, 14, 15, like that that mm-hmm. they were kind of like really good years. Um, I mean, before that as well, obviously the rich froning years and stuff like that was so good. Um, yeah. But um, so at what point were you able to take it seriously enough? It was like, I'm going to, I'm going to try and make a career out of this. I'm going to kind of go pro kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I think like in 2017 is kind of when everything kind of exploded for me. It was my uh, I think that was the first year I did Wadapalooza. It was my first three-day competition. I think it was in the RX division, and I got first there. And oh, so wow. it kind of put things in perspective for me. I was like, oh, I can hang with, you know, the big dogs at that time. Because yeah. there's a lot of people in the RX division that were, like, semifinals level or regionals level at that time. And so I was just like, oh, Okay. Even though I wanted to quit after that because doing a three-day competition oh, yeah. is very hard, I was like, like "I'm never I don't doing know if this I again." Do this anymore? <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. And then here we are, eight years later. Um, but after that, maybe maybe it gave me some more confidence. But that's when I went to regionals the first year, and then went to the games as well that same year. So I was like a double rookie. Um, and I don't, I don't know if there's been a lot of athletes that have been able to do that. So it's kind of a cool concept to be considered a double rookie and go to regionals the first year ever you try to make it. And then, yeah, the games. Um, but I don't think I took it like as serious as I could have. Um, I was just kind of like, Oh, I can, I kind of hang with people, but I don't, I don't know. Um, but I think as those years went on from like 17, to like 19 is when I realized, oh, like I can, I can do something with this. Right. Were you, were you living in California at that point? No, I was still in Texas. Still in Texas at that point. So born and raised in Austin, Texas. Um, yeah. I didn't move out of that state until 2021. Oh, okay. 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 Yeah. So yeah. 2017, you went to the games. 2018, you went to the games as well? Mm-hmm. 2019. And then, and then 2019 was the COVID year, right? 2020 was. Oh, 2020 was. So you went in 2019 yeah. as well? Mm-hmm. Oh, so you had three years back to back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, three awesome. years back to back. And then 2020 was obviously online. Um, and then 2021 qualified. But then that's when I got COVID after the COVID right. year. And then 2022, I was out completely with my back. From uh, the, the 2017, 2018, 2019... Did you notice, was it getting harder? Was the competition getting harder as you went? Or were you kind of getting better as an athlete and it was kind of getting easier? Which kind of way did it go? Uh, I wouldn't say it was easier or harder, but I felt like I was taking it more serious as an athlete, so I was doing better. So every year I, I, I got better placements. So like in 2017, I think I was like 22nd. 
2018, I was 16th. And then 2019, I was eighth. So, and I think I was just kind of like chipping away at the things that I could control a little bit more, right. taking things a little bit more serious, laying off the drinking, you know, getting my nutrition yeah. well, sleeping better, all that and stuff. A lot, probably a lot more um, recovery practices yeah, were coming in at that sure. point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that's something yeah. that people begin to understand pretty quickly. Like, oh, I have to really recover. I have to really focus on mm -hmm. recovery. Yeah, and it's a it's a three sixty five job, right? It's um, it taking yeah. care of your body and being conscious of that. Not being perfect, but just being a little bit more conscious of that uh, throughout the year, and not yeah. just a small period of time, like a month before the games, or you know, two months before. And I think that's kind of how it was in twenty seventeen. I was just kind of like, oh, I can get serious now when it's like a month away from the CrossFit games. It's like, right. that's not going to yeah. cut it when you're going against uh, the best of the best. So exactly. yeah, all that exactly. kind of started to get a little bit better, a little bit better. Well, as the and especially on. because you came in at a time when people were taking it a lot more seriously, like in 2010, mm -hmm. people were still working out in their garage kind of thing. And it was still like, just kind of like cowboyish, which was a great mm -hmm. time. I love that time. But by, t yeah. by 2015, 2016, people were really taking it very seriously. And, you know, they had a conditioning mm -hmm. coach, they had a gymnastics coach, they had a nutritional coach, like they had that, like, they were treating it like a professional sport. So you came in at yeah. that point where it's like, okay, I have to take this super seriously. Um, and I think also transitioning from people just doing it full time as well. Right. Like I think during that time I was still working. Um, and I think there were still other athletes working. But that, that was definitely a transitional time, like 17, 18, 19, where athletes went full in and stopped working. Yes. And that's kind of how it is now. Like you, there's very far few in between at athletes making it to the CrossFit Games and also having a full-time job. Yeah. It's, um, I've had a couple, of, a couple of CrossFit athletes on the show, CrossFit Games athletes on the show. And it's always mm -hmm. interesting because... You know, there's no salary for a CrossFitter, right? It's not like you're in the NFL and you're getting paid a yeah. salary. So you have to kind yeah. of like make make money however you can. Um, and even, you know, the prize money's not great unless you fucking win, which is, you know, yep. <laughs> very, 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 very far in between. Yeah. Yeah. So how have you managed to kind of sustain your professional career? Is it sponsors? And... Yeah, I think for me, um, I got really lucky back in 2017. I ended up hiring uh, a manager, which is, I think, kind of weird, a weird concept back then. Um, and it was weird to me. I was like, managers? It's weird. Um, but I think that allowed me to kind of go full in because he was taking care of, like, trying to get me deals and endorsements and stuff. And so... Yeah, I, I make all of my living off of sponsorships and monthly stipends now, which I'm really grateful for. It's yeah. very scary to yeah. live like that because it, you're in sports, so things yeah. can change. You, know, yeah. Yeah. you only have one or two year contracts. Um, but yeah, I'm grateful to be able to do that. But I think also for me, it was important to, to build my brand. And I think back in those, those days, 17, 18, 19, Instagram was, oh, sorry, I don't know what that was about, but Instagram was just the place to do that. That's how you could build your brand pretty easily. It's a little bit harder now with the algorithms. Yeah. It's definitely changed over the last couple of years, unfortunately. But back then, if you were consistent with posting, you were going to get um, the followers up. Um, 
And it's easier once you have more followers to get better deals with sponsorships. Yeah. I remember, it's funny, I, I remember uh, I met Matt O'Keefe in 20, is it 2017 or 2016? 2016 or 2017. And he was with mm -hmm. at the time. And oh, yeah. we were we were shooting a movie in uh, in London and he came over for it. And we went for dinner and it was it was really interesting. I'd never met I'd never met a manager of a CrossFit athlete before that. Because mm. it was it was very novel at the time. There weren't no one was really doing that. And he was really the first to be to take on that. And he, he almost built that kind of role. And after yeah. that, like a lot of people went that direction, which obviously you have to if you're gonna make a career out of it. But yeah, he's been very good at like building up those athletes and he's, he's you know yes. some, some some good deals for those guys. Um sure. but it's been yeah, it's it, it kind of like it's one of those great like blue ocean strategies where he saw a place for a market and kind of built the role. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, yeah they, it, it, it right place, well. right time with certain people. Yeah, right place, no, it's like right certain time. things. Yeah. 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 That's kind of how it was for me. It was just like really just got in at a really good time and just happened to put myself in these places where I had opportunities and just went on the ride, went on the roller coaster. So I got, I'm really grateful for all that. How have you, um, how have you managed to stay so motivated over the years, you know, having dealt with these injuries and these setbacks and all that stuff? Like what's been the driving force behind you? Um, I will definitely say that I'm not motivated all the time. There are right. definitely times where I'm not motivated. <laughs> no yeah. one can be motivated hundred percent of the time. And if someone tells you that, then they're a robot and they're lying. Um, but I think for me, like I have always found like a joy with, pushing myself and, and working out like that's where I feel like I can fully express myself as a person and as an athlete is um, on the competition floor but also in training and so I, I think if you don't have a passion for it then it's not going to last um, right. and I think back in 2022 when I didn't go to the games I was actually pretty burnt out and I was pretty much I thought it was done completely with my career right. just because my back was in a terrible spot. I wasn't getting better and I just like wasn't having fun in the gym. And Randy, my husband, he just reminded me that like you never want to make a big decision like that when things aren't going well. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I kind of owed it to myself to kind of see it to the other side. Um, and I'm, I'm grateful that he told me that I'm grateful that I, I went forward with that because I think there's been a lot of growth over the past year, year and a half, um, not giving up on this. Um, but yeah, even up until like last week, I was like, man, I'm not feeling this whatsoever. But I think it just kind of goes back to like, I do have a lot of passion for this and a lot of joy yeah. that comes from it. Have you, are you, do you train differently now in the gym than you did in like 2018, 2019? Because yes. when I look at you in the gym, you are so well like controlled. Like you're working hard, but everything mm. is so thoughtful and so well executed and it's not mm -hmm. reckless. Like when I train, it's kind of fucking reckless. But when you train, everything just looks kind of like, you know, yeah. really. I think I have. Yeah, I think I've always prided myself on being very methodical and moving well. Um, so I don't think that's necessarily changed. But I think there's been a concept um, of not constantly abusing myself in the gym. And that's been really hard because I, I find a lot of 
fun and abusing myself somehow, some way in the gym. And uh, it just gotten me into a lot of trouble with my back uh, to the point where my back was like, we're on complete strike. We're not, we're not going to work for you anymore. So um, I think my approach now compared to back then is it's still moving well. I'm proud of myself on that, but being able to make decisions on the fly of like, no, I'm not doing that. Or yes, I am. And right. being okay with that because there's a difference between just being tired and not wanting to do something and that type of pain scale. And then the pain scale of like, if you push a little bit farther, you're going to be out and you're going to injure yourself. And those have been very enmeshed together for as long as I can remember since gymnastics, because we're told that to just push through pain. Um, and my body will no longer do that anymore. And if I want to continue in my career, it's separating those two of like, Am I just tired and not wanting to do something? Right. Or if I do something, I'm going to actually hurt myself Yeah. and saying no to things. Yeah. And that's just training maturity, right? That just comes. Yeah. It's really hard training. though. Yeah, it is. <laughs> super hard. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't yeah. get easier. It's just, it's a, it's a con conscious decision talk, every single day. Talk me through uh, kind of a day in the life of Bethany Flores. Like mm -hmm. how, how do you structure yeah. your day? Um, how do you plan your meals? Are you a one a day kind of train trainer or are you a two a day kind of person? Like how do you, how do you kind of work it all out? Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's definitely morphed and changed over the years and it kind of depends on the season that I'm in. Um, but I like doing two sessions a day. So I usually do like a monostructural piece, which just cardio emphasis. And then I go into the gym and kind of hit everything else, which is like the strength maybe a skill piece that's like gymnastics oriented, an actual conditioning piece, like a wad and an accessory work. Um, I think lately in this past year, I, I've, or in the past couple of years, it's really spending time with myself in the morning to kind of set my day and set the tone for the day. Um, so I spend most of the mornings kind of just doing things for myself, like meditating, journaling, Doing hard things like some type of cold immersion has been a part of my um, morning ritual routine in the morning for the last year or so. Um, doing hard, doing hard things like making the bed. Like no one wants to make the bed, but doing things that kind of just set the table. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think just spending time with myself in the morning is really important. If I don't have that time, it kind of not great for my mental psyche i've realized right. um kind of just allows me to be where my feet are at and just become a little bit more present so i can make better decisions uh for myself later on through the day um so after i spend that time in the morning whether it's like 30 minutes it could be up to two hours depending on how much time i have and how long my training session is um i'll hit like a monostructural session i'll eat and then i'll head to the gym and be there for four to five hours depending on how right. long the session is and then and then the job isn't done when you get home it's recovery it's taking care of your body and in, in ways that you're not at the gym and yeah so it kind of looks the same every to, single day do you tend to like people always interested in like stretching and stuff do you, do you tend to stretch in the evenings do you stretch like straight after your workout do you do like a, a romwad type thing or do you just have a um like a i'm used or? to like I think all of last year when I got home, it was like another hour of like foam rolling and stretching and uh, 
right now it's just kind of about like getting myself into like a parasympathetic state as quickly as possible. Yes. Cause like when you're training, you're, you're in fight or flight, you're in a sympathetic state. And so for me that the easiest way other than like meditating, which I do a meditation session in the morning and at night is literally just putting my feet up like on a couch and laying on the ground and just kind of just chilling out there for a couple of hours. And then if there's like things like, yesterday my elbow was hurting so it's like taking care of that like right. doing some grasping on myself or whatever yep. i need to do if there's something that's pinpointing uh hurting but um maybe i'll get back into the foam rolling as the season goes on but uh right now it's just like how do i get myself into like a restful state as quickly as possible yes. do you take anything any supplements to help with that like i take um inositol i take theanine and i take magnesium glycinate and that that complex yeah. worked really well for me. But. I, uh, I'll do like ashwagandha. That's like the yeah. biggest thing that I do right now. I'll do magnesium sometimes if I need it, if I can just tell that my body is just like very restless and my muscles right. are just very restless. Um, but I've tried my best to like stay away from any type of supplement at night. That's going to help me to go to sleep, like aid in sleep because I've always been a terrible sleeper and I've always used things. And so I've tried to get away from that. So I don't feel like it's like a binky, like I need it to go to sleep or rest. Right. Um, so I actually try to stay away from that stuff as much as possible. Yeah. How does, um, how does your nutrition look these days? How does your kind of daily diet look? And has that changed over the years or? Mm, it's pretty much stayed the same. I, I think throughout the years, like my teenage years and in bodybuilding, I ended up giving myself a lot of, um, I just, I just a lot of food sensitivities. So I'm very like, I have like my food that I like that I eat that my stomach likes. And yeah. that's kind of how it's been over the last seven, eight years. So it's just very just plain Jane food. I don't really like meals. So I just like doing bulk meat. So I'll do like you know, ground beef, ground turkey, chicken, chicken thighs, stuff like that. And then I'll just do like jasmine rice with it. And then um, avocado, beets, stuff, vegetables yeah. like that, spinach, arugula that I know. You tend, well you tend to stomach. cook all your own meals? Oh, no. Yeah, no, I'm not. Nope. <laughs> I do. Um, we do like meal prep. So we have something oh, that we hire. Yeah. I oh. just hate, I hate the concept of of cooking. I hate the concept of cleaning the pots and pans. And <laughs> I feel like at this point I did it for so long through bodybuilding. Um, yeah. and at the yeah. beginning of my career that I feel like my time is better spent somewhere else. And so I'd rather hire someone to do it. So if I have to, I will, but if I can hire somebody else, I will do that because I hate doing it. Do you have a, uh, like something like a not, not it's not even a cheat but do you have something that you have to have in your in your diet on a daily basis that just like gives you that sensation of like cheating yeah. even though it's not do you have any yeah um i love dark chocolate so i definitely have to have dark chocolate every day that's what i do um and i love like a, a coffee well everyone says i do it's creamer with a little bit of coffee so i have a lot of creamers but they're all like coconut based and stuff like that um but I love my coffee. So I have to have like a nice coffee in the morning to start my day. So that's kind of, it makes me feel like it's like a treat. It almost feels like a dessert sometimes, but yeah. yeah. So coffee do, and dark chocolate. I do, I do like a, a Greek yogurt with dark chocolate, like 
just two squares, like just crumble it up. Yeah. That in there. Mm-hmm. I do a dollop of like um, nut butter um, and then kind of mix it all together. And that, oh, there you go. Yeah. Amazing. I have, I have like my little concoction too that I do. It's you have a, to have something like that. You yeah. have to have something that's like, you can't just eat rice and chicken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It gets, it gets boring. It gets boring for sure. But then that's the thing. Like if I, if I feel like I want something different, I do my best to like give myself that because I never want to, I've deprived myself for so long of that stuff. And now in my life, it's trying to find balance with everything, balance balance within the gym, balance within the home and my food choices. So if there's a day where I'm like, I can't, I can't eat this anymore, then I will have something else. It's very rare though. I'm, I'm pretty satisfied and happy with eating like ground meat and rice, but every once in a while I'm like, yeah, I need something else. Something else. So, yeah. Do you yeah. track your food or no? Do you use a tracker? I go back and forth. I did yeah. all of last year. Um, and I, I think it's really helpful for like seasons of time. So like when I'm getting more into the season of CrossFit, it allows me to feel that like I'm checking all my boxes and I'm not leaving right. any stone unturned. I'm just grabbing all the low hanging fruit. Um, but I don't think it's necessary for, to do it year round because it makes you crazy. It makes me yeah, crazy. It does make you like, crazy. I'm yeah. too type A and like OCD that yeah. I just can't, I have to have a we're break. Doing this, uh, we're doing this challenge right now. And, um, you know, obviously we're, we're encouraging people to track as just, mm-hmm. just so you have some kind of comprehension of how many calories and how many grams yeah. of protein, how many grams of mindfulness. Protein. I think you kind of have to do it for a little while just to understand mm-hmm. food. And then once you kind of know, okay, I need this at this time, this at that, once you've got your things in place, then you can kind of just kind of freestyle it. But I think there is yeah. definitely benefit, you know, for, for a period of time. Um, cause most people are just, you know, ignorant is a, is a hard word, but, um, most people just don't really understand whether they're under reading, whether they're over reading and whether they just mm-hmm. get enough, enough of, you know, the good stuff, especially when it comes protein to or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you do, um, do you do shakes, protein shakes? Yeah, I do for like intra workout when I'm at the gym for like four hours because I, some people can eat during training. I, yeah, I, can't. I can't, I just yeah. need something quick that's going to digest really quickly. So that's when I do like a protein shake with like some carbs. Um, I've kind of gotten into like dried mango lately and that seems oh, yeah. to be okay on my stomach. So mm-hmm. I'll do some of that as well as I'm training, but yeah, it's always it's always a protein shake with some carbs. Uh, intra workout for those for those long like four hour sessions. Do you do an intra workout carb? Um. Yeah. Yeah. There's a carb yeah, with yeah. it too. So I'll get like fifty grams of carbs in with yeah. that. Yeah, I, I really like that for those those longer workouts. Really, yes. makes such such a, such a big difference. Yeah, it really does. And I didn't do that for the longest time up until like a couple of years ago, and I was like, wow. That was some low hanging fruit. I was not grabbing. Like that made a huge difference. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you did the rogue invitational this year, right? Mm-hmm. How was that? Yeah, that was a lot of fun. It was fun. It was, it's been like a bucket list competition, um, for me the last couple of years. I've been invited a couple of times and I've always had to not accept my invitation just due to injury or just honestly just feeling burned out after the games. Cause it comes very quickly after the games. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's, it's in my hometown and I've always wanted to do it. And so I, I told myself at the beginning of this year, I was like, if I, or this past year, 
if I get an invitation, I'm going like no matter right. what. And, um, yeah, so I went, even though I had to stand there for a couple of workouts, I couldn't do all of them because of my back and just where, where I was at. Uh, I'm glad that, I went. Was that, was that more of a, like a confidence thing or was it like actually like hurting at the time? No, I, it's just like a self-respect thing. There were just right. like things that they were asking us to do that I just hadn't done in like a year and a half. Like yeah. the, there, we, we had a squat with one of the workouts and it was 260 pounds. I haven't done a squat over 200 pounds in like a year and a half. So I wasn't going to go out there and just right. do it and possibly hurt myself and then be out for a year. Yeah. So it was just like a conscious decision even before the competition started that, you know, if things come out that I haven't done, I'm not going to do it on the competition floor. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was a very, yeah, it was, yeah, it was really hard to do that though. Cause no yeah, one wants so to go hard. to a competition and stand yeah. there. Yeah. I, I saw I had those to events. I saw those events. And I was like, I just had the ultimate respect for you because that is a hard call to not just yeah. like do the dumb thing and be like, I'm just going to go for it. Cause then you mm -hmm. are just going to fuck yourself up. So you definitely did the right, right thing. And it was, it was good to see. And you took it so gracefully and everyone was kind of like, behind you and like applauding and stuff and cheering so it wasn't like, mm -hmm. no one was like people were like you know, you know it was it was good there were some people too. i think that were kind of like why did you even accept the invitation and go <laughs> but i feel like more there's more people that more were people, like yeah. supportive about it and totally. they kind of understood the story behind it but it you're not going to appease everybody no of course does it feel very different from the games the rogue invitational <laughs> Yeah, it, it definitely felt more relaxed for sure. And then it was it was more intimate too because there's only 20 of us instead of 40 of us. Um, so yeah, it, it was fun. It was it was a very enjoyable competition. And um, I felt like they treated us really well and they like knew our names. And I don't know, I just felt like more of an athlete there, unfortunately, than at the CrossFit Games. It was probably great to be in Austin and do it. Yes. Yeah. Having the hometown crowd and like having my whole family there, like my grandparents got to come and see me compete and they've never seen me compete yeah. before. So that was really cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So the goal is to get back to the games this year. Yep. How are you feeling? Feeling good. I feel like I'm in a better spot going into the season than I was last year. So that's a huge win. Like at yeah. this time last year, I was having a hard time doing an air squat. So there was a lot of worry. Uh, so at least I'm squatting with the barbell right now and, and doing a lot more than I was last year. Um, I think I'm still far off from where I would love to be. Uh, but progress is progress. And I can't focus on the past, can't focus on the future. It's just I'm making progress and staying as pain-free as possible. So yeah. it's a win. Um, for our members that are about to do the, the open, which, when it comes to tackling the open, what, uh, what tips do you have for, for our members? Like how should, they, how should they go into it? How should they approach it? Should they do redos or not do redos? Uh, yeah, that's a hard one because um, everybody wants to do as many redos as possible, I feel like. But honestly, just kind of – you, you got to know yourself, right? Like – what do you have an, a goal with the end in mind, right? Like, what are you trying to accomplish? First of all, are you trying to go to the CrossFit Games? Are you trying to make it to semifinals? Are you just trying to make it to quarterfinals? You know, uh, are you just trying to have a good time and have fun? 
So I think that's first and foremost is like figure out what you're trying to accomplish through this. Yeah. And, and then and that the, can be the, a decision making. Bus, and for the vast majority of people, it should be just to have fun. Yes. Like that's, yeah. you know, that's even for us be. too. It should be yeah. just have fun. Jeez. Yeah. Not having fun. And, yeah. And, yeah. and that was the, you know, that was the great thing about CrossFit in the beginning and still now, but it was, it was always just like, it was just so fun and it was fun to work out together and to do those, mm -hmm. things, go through that shit together. Yeah. Um, and I think together. At, at some point that, you know, it happens in sport when money comes into it, like the, the level of, you know, seriousness goes up and the level of competition mm -hmm. goes up and the gap between the average CrossFitter and the athlete becomes bigger and bigger and bigger. And it can be hard to hold on to that, that same sense of fun, but that is the best thing about it. Like having fun mm -hmm. working out with your friends. Like that is the best yes. thing. Yeah. And, like separate uh, together. Learning new skills and doing all that of good as well. But yeah, mm -hmm. it's it's the best thing. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I, it's it's great for gyms, obviously, when when you have the open and everyone like gets into it and just mm -hmm. you know, it's a good atmosphere and it's, it's always good fun. Um, so yeah, we're looking forward to it. We'll do it. We'll do it at uh, Redondo and we'll do it at Echo Park. And I'll be, yeah, I was going to ask: Is it pretty big there at Echo Park? Do y'all do it every year? Yeah, it's it's weird because because Redondo is. is is a CrossFit gym. Like it's mm -hmm. always been a CrossFit gym and we have other stuff there now as well, but you know, there's still the, the CrossFit strong is the strongest element. Whereas Echo Park, we have CrossFit, but it's not the main thing. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely, even though it's a much bigger gym with like 700 members, it's a, it's a smaller community within the community that actually do CrossFit. Mm -hmm. um, so it would probably be, you know, when it, when it comes to like Friday night lights or do, doing the open, whatever it is, you know, it would probably be a similar number to Redondo. It's just mm -hmm. in, in terms of scale, because there's way more members that, um, it feels like it's less people, but it's yeah. still, it's still great. You know, it's still super fun. And, um, people, people enjoy it, you know, um, mm -hmm. it gets, uh, it gets hard sometimes, obviously with the way they do the open, like to, with all the rules and regulations and lines yes. here and lines there and all that stuff and videoing everything. It's like, sometimes I'm just like, just make this easy for us. Just make it easy for the gyms to just do simple words that don't need like a ton of space. Like when they do stuff like barbell front rack walking lunges across the gym, like, and like you can only get like three people to go at the same exactly. time. It's, it's, yeah. it's really difficult. So I'm hoping they, they, they keep it, keep it simple. And the best, I think the best CrossFit workouts are still the most simple ones. I'm, I'm, mm -hmm. And they're the hardest. I'm the hardest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, have you had much thought, and you're still super young, I know. Have you had much thought about what you would like to do kind of after CrossFit? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the last couple of years, just uh, how they've planned, spanned out for me um, has allowed me to think and think about who I am without the gym, who I am not being an athlete, which I think was was very hard for me to do. Uh, I can appreciate it now, but there was a lot of resistance during because uh, I just I want to be an athlete for as long as possible. And I love being in the gym and it's always been a part of my identity. And I think that's OK, but it can't be my full identity. So I, I've really gotten into writing the last couple of years. So I would love to do something with that. Um, right now, I'm kind of just writing out my story, and it's been like a huge healing journey for myself. Um, but I hope that I can share my writing somehow, some way, uh, either in book form or through speaking, uh, and just kind of share 
what has happened and transpired, but also the last couple of years, like all the, the self-growth and discovery that's kind of happened. Um, so definitely so is it gonna, looking is it gonna be like, like an autobiography type thing or maybe, maybe. Something like that. Yeah. I, I also have written a couple of, so I have like a, a women's connect group. So I'm just doing it with my mom and my two best friends. And I'm, I'm sharing my writing with them and I have like devotionals written out and stuff. And so I would like to do that, but yeah, I also have like, this is me and this is what's happened in my life, um, without sharing too many details. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's supposed to happen with all of that, but it's definitely brought me a lot of joy and it's something that can't necessarily be taken away because I feel like in an instant you get injured then you can't work out, you know, to a certain extent. And there were, there were times where like my body was on complete strike and even doing like a plank hurt my back and I was like, Oh my gosh. So um, there were times where I just like, I couldn't go to the gym because I was in so much pain. So it gave me another like outlet and it allowed me to express myself in a different way that I didn't even know I was capable of because I never saw myself as a writer or, having the creativity like that. So yeah, I like to do that. Um, I also do, I used to do a bunch of workshops back before COVID and that's been kind of placed on my heart uh, to do some again this year. So I'm hoping to do some of that and maybe that's a way for me to share my writing and share some of my speaking um, and concepts and self growth. So I'm not yeah, exactly I mean sure. <clears throat> but... We talked a little bit about this, but I'd love, mm -hmm. I'd love for you to do some workshops at the club. I think it's, you know, you have a talent and you, you know, you want to share that talent and share, you've mm -hmm. learned so much in the years you've been doing this. Like that's invaluable for people. Like you have real right. experience in all these different things. It's like, it's genuinely, it's genuinely helpful for people and people want to, people want to learn from you and people want to, you know, I think that's the, the greatest thing about an athlete really, I think is, is how it can affect other people and how it can bring those people up, how it can inspire people and educate people mm -hmm. and that stuff. So um, I know it's, it's, it's always hard when you're at it because it seems like you're on this kind of like solo journey of trying to accomplish something, but the benefit you, that you provide to other people along the way, it's, it's just kind of magical. So I think yeah. leaning into that can be very rewarding, um, mm -hmm. sharing that passion with others and, you know, really helping them do better. Cause I, you know, you could look at someone doing a muscle up and come up with five fixes off the bat. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Cause you have that knowledge, you have that experience. So I think that's something that, um, something you should do, something that's going to be uh, great for people to, to, to experience and to, to learn from you. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, you know, when you have a talent like that, it's, um, I think it's important to share it, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I agree. Uh, finding ways to serve and impact other people. That's kind of been like my, my mission. Yeah, for sure. Um, I always ask this on the podcast, but, um, if you were to describe what your purpose is, uh, on this, on this planet, what do you think mm -hmm. your purpose would be? Mm, I think that's a good question. I think that's been kind of like the self-discovery and growth the past couple of years. But I think what I just kind of said is like to serve and impact other people, um, is very important to me. Um, I think you can do that in so many different ways. Like, Right now, I feel like in CrossFit, I'm I'm here for a reason. I, I'm not down for the count completely, even though I feel like there's a lot of things going against me. Um, and I think there's a reason behind that. Like 
being able to kind of change the culture within CrossFit because my experience in CrossFit when I started was there wasn't a lot of nice people. Um, and I think it's changing, which I'm really grateful for, but I think there's still change to be had. And so maybe that's part of my purpose with, with staying in CrossFit as well as like trying to do the best that I can as far as, um, yeah. placement and stuff like that goes. Well, but, um, I think, oh. it needs posi- I think it needs positive influence like that, you know, for, yeah. it, for it to really survive, it's going to yes. need it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that is a purpose. I don't think that's my sole purpose. I think I'm definitely, um, I think what I've realized over the last couple of years, like I'm bigger than CrossFit, like what my yeah. purpose here on earth is. And, um, I don't know. I, I think I'm still discovering that, but it could just be like just being able to show that, you know, with a lot of adversity that you can still do the things that you want to do. And I've, I've definitely had a lot of adversity physically, yeah. but also emotionally. And, um, just being able to serve people in that way and um, show that they like, don't just like give up on things just because things get really hard. Um, So I don't know. I think I'm still discovering that, but I think it's down that route of like, whether it's just like women um, or just people in general that are hurting either physically or emotionally um, and being able to like, break free of like a lot of bondage that they have or like concepts and beliefs that they have that prevent them from being able to fully express themselves as a person. Yeah. So I feel like that's kind of been my job. Yeah. Well, any, anything that we can do to help you, you do that as you go forward. Uh, we're, we're, we'd love to, you know, support you in that journey and and help you as much as we can. Obviously we're going to be supporting you in the, in the games this year and, and and everything that you do moving forward. Um, and like I said, it's great to have you at the gym. It's a real privilege for us, um, to see you work, to see you do your thing, to handle everything so well and be so gracious. And, uh, we're grateful for that. So thank you. you. Appreciate that. Yeah. It's, um, Uh, not easy. (laughs) It's not easy. It's not easy. Um, anything else you want to say before we, uh, we check out? Uh, no, I'm just appreciative of this journey and like the people that have come on board and all the support I've had over the years. Um, I think like as the journey has gone on, your circles kind of get smaller and smaller. Um, and I'm just appreciative of the people that um, give me chances and allow me to kind of express myself as a person. So um, just thank you for allowing me to be a part of the gym and, and be there and train and be able to express myself there. Like I said, it's a pleasure. Yeah, thank you. All right, Bethany. Well, thanks again so much for joining us today. Um, and I, I know you're, you're you're busy with everything, but yeah, thanks for taking the time. Really appreciate it. And yeah, uh, thank you. See you in the gym uh, soon. Um, before we yes. before we leave, actually, where can people find you? Where can people learn from you? What's your what's your Instagram handle and all that good jazz? Uh, Instagram handle is Bethany CF. It's pretty pretty simple, vanilla. Um, I'm there. I'm on TikTok a little bit too, uh, YouTube. Uh, I'm trying to do all of the social media stuff. It is really hard to do all of it, but um, yeah, you have a YouTube you channel, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, have, I do. Yeah, I'm going to try to do some more of that. Um, I'm going to try to do some more stuff this year. But. I will say, guys, um, Bethany's Instagram. She puts a lot of helpful stuff on there. It's it's not just like pictures of her looking cool. It's like she puts some really <laughs> interesting, helpful content on there. So make sure you check it out. 
Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. All right, you guys. All right, Bethy, thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your thank day. You. And I'll see you in the gym. Yeah, sounds good. Okay, guys, that's it for today. Um, thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, we will be back soon, back with you next week. And uh, thanks for tuning in to Pack Talk. Uh, like I said, missed you guys. Good to be back. See you soon. Bye. Thanks again for tuning in. Come see us soon. We now have three locations open in uh, Echo Park, California, in Redondo Beach, California, and in Idlewild, California. Drop in anytime for a tour. Follow us uh, on Instagram at Ferris Echo Park, at Ferris Redondo, and at Ferris Idlewild. Or email us info at ferrisathleticclub.com for any information you may need. The website is jointhepack.fit. Look forward to connecting with you guys soon. Until next time, take care.